So let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. What other choice do we have? We could be in Florida with my sister. It's not snowing there. But here we are. <clears throat> so I wish you a good morning. If you don't know me, my name is Don Romano, and I am the associate pastor here at Renovation Church. If you do know me, and you're here with us this morning, uh, you are painfully aware, painfully aware, that uh, we have been working our way through the book of Leviticus, and today we find ourselves at chapter 22. Last week, Pastor Alex uh, asked me if I'd be willing to deliver the message this morning. To be honest, he asked me if I wanted to. I told him yes. See, just between you and me, I think that he's afraid that you might start throwing things. <laughs> Since it's Leviticus 22. Yeah which makes me kind of a sacrificial lamb, which is kind of appropriate. <clears throat> and I, of course, being a slow thinker, said that I would do it, so here I am. Uh, it's okay, though, because I checked, with the, uh, I checked with the gatekeepers, and they said that they did not see any vegetables come in through the door, so I think we're okay. So with that in mind, let me say this. Um, we really need a break from Leviticus. Can I get an amen? And, and thank you. See, what I'm saying is we really need a break from the details of the old covenant law. Somebody say true. True. This series has been great. I mean, it's been awesome. And we're all amazed that Leviticus has and can hold so much for us in 2023. Amen. But let's face it, enough is enough. We can only stand so much blessing. We need to step away from the oppressive demands of a system of sacrifices that Jesus has already completely and perfectly fulfilled for us. Amen. We need to take some time, step away from exploring what it means to be unclean. We need time away from the effects of preparing dead bodies for burial. We need time away from menstrual uncleanness. We need time away from things strangled. We need time away from incest and adultery, from all the ways that we can become ceremonially unclean. Jesus has made us clean. Every wit, that means all the way, 
uh, he's made us clean every whit, and we have not to do except to wash the dust of the world from our feet from time to time and walk in the holiness of our calling. We need to explore the glories of him who took on human flesh and bled and died and was raised again in order to cleanse us for all time, to cleanse those who put their faith in him and to bring eternal life to those who once walked in sin. Hallelujah. Amen. We need a day to step away from all of those things. We need a day maybe to reset. A day to reflect. We need a day to recuperate. A day to elucidate on other things and anticipate the way Israel anticipated her Messiah. (coughs) We need a day. But this is not that day. (laughs) Or is it? It may be. My favorite three sayings are these. I looked everywhere. It isn't anywhere. And you can't get there from here. But let's see if we can get to where we need to be and keep our feet firmly planted in Leviticus 22. We better pray about this. Yeah, would you stand up and join me in prayer? Father, we seek your face. We invite your presence. We desire that your spirit would be manifest among us in a way that is new and powerful and exciting. And here we are uh, with our feet in Leviticus 22. And so I pray, I ask you, to put your mercies on display this morning in a way that will summarize where we've been and prepare the way for what you're bringing to us. I ask these things in Jesus' name. I ask them so that we might be transformed into his image And I ask them in order that your kingdom might be built and expanded, starting in this place, starting in this time, and going on from here. Amen. Well, all of that fun stuff behind us, today marks the first week of the Advent season. But who calls it that anymore? It's not the Advent season. It's the beginning of the holiday shopping season, right? It's the the coming of Santa Claus uh, is actually more eagerly anticipated than the coming of the Son of Man. 
The gifts of toys that we will no longer value after a single week are celebrated more than eternal life. The list of those who are naughty or nice takes the place of the names written in God's book. Isn't it amazing how easy it is for us to substitute meaningless things for the things that have eternal value? When we do that, we take eternal things and place them below meaningless things. We actually devalue things that have eternal value. And in the book of Leviticus, in chapter 22, God calls that practice profaning his name. Wait, it gets better or worse, depending on your perspective. There are actually people whose job it is. I mean, really, there are people whose job is to make sure that the things of true worth and value do not get devalued. Can you believe that? That's somebody's job. There are actually people whose job it is to make sure that the things of true value are held in higher esteem than meaningless things. And I've got to tell you, when it comes to the Advent season, those people have failed. When Santa is more celebrated than Christ, those people have failed. And that's exactly what the first 16 verses of Leviticus 22 are about. I'll tell you what, take out your Bible, turn to Leviticus 22. You're probably there already because you know exactly what's been going on here. Um, but Leviticus 22, right at verse 2, I mean right at the very beginning, Tell Aaron and his sons to be careful with the holy gifts of the sons of Israel, which they dedicate to me, so as not to profane my holy name. I am the Lord. Actually, what he says there is, I am Yahweh, or Jehovah however you pronounce it. Now, back in Exodus 3, in verse 15 of Exodus 3, when Moses was standing there by the burning bush and God was saying, go into Egypt and set my people free, in Exodus 3.15, Moses asked God, if they ask me who sent me, what should I say? If they ask me what's his name, what should I tell them? God says this in Exodus 3.15, 
Furthermore, God said to Moses, this is what you shall say to the sons of Israel. The Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, the the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is my memorial name to all generations. Yahweh, Jehovah, the Lord. I don't care how you pronounce it. You could say Yahweh, you could say Jehovah. It doesn't matter. But for the Jews, they thought that even trying to pronounce it was, they just believed that the name was too holy to even be pronounced. You shouldn't say it because if you tried, the mere act of speaking the name brought one into condemnation because they took the holy name and profaned it. When uh, the sons of Aaron, and that's the same thing as saying the priests, okay, the, the sons of Aaron are the priests. When the sons of Aaron, that's the same thing as saying the priests, when the priests devalued the sacrifices in Leviticus 22, God considered it to be an attack on his name. For back in verse 2, he said, Tell Aaron and his sons to be careful with the gifts of the sons of Israel, which they dedicate to me, so as not to profane the name. And the next 14 verses go on to explain different ways that the sacrifices could become devalued in their sight and disrespected. We don't have to go through all of those things. We've been going through them for weeks. But suffice it to say that a lawyer might do something like focus on those details of how God's name gets devalued among us, and he might miss the point completely. It's not about the process of devaluing the name. It's about the name. It was the job of the priests to guard the value of the sacrifices and by doing that guard the value of the name but you want to know something we've been talking for weeks about priests and about priesthood and the fact that under the new covenant We are the priests and priestesses. It is our job as priests to guard the value of things that God has put his name on. Things like the coming of the Messiah. Things like the advent season. It's our job to guard those things, to protect their value, and by doing that, to value 
God's name. If, if the world sees Christmas as the coming of Santa Claus, rather than the coming of God into the world, in the person of Jesus Christ, more to the point, if our friends, our neighbors, our family, our co-workers, our acquaintances see Christmas as the coming of Santa Claus rather than the coming of Christ, we have failed. But don't despair. Do not despair. I have good news about that. You see, we do not carry a message of condemnation. Amen. We carry a message of hope because we have hope in the fact that our Savior carried our condemnation to the cross and it died there with him. But before we go there, we have to finish Leviticus 22. <clears throat> We've gotten through 16 verses already. Did you, did you get that? we gotten through 16 verses of Leviticus 22. And I read hardly anything. So let's get through the last 17 verses right here in just a couple minutes. The last 17 verses focus on the priests and the people at large. Not just the priests. The people at large, that's us, and then that's us. These verses reinforce the idea that God highly values the sacrifices that Leviticus has been talking about all this time. These 17 verses detail the right and wrong ways to view the sacrifices, not just perform or consume them, the right ways to view them. And, and the point is the same as it was in the first 16 verses. Value the things God values. Look at verse 32 for a minute. Slide all the way down to Leviticus 22, 32. You shall not profane my holy name. But I will be sanctified among the sons of Israel. I am Jehovah who sanctifies you. Verse 2 and verse 32, the second and second to the last verses in this passage say the same thing. Do not profane the name of the Lord. Value the things to which God attaches his name. So we get it, right? It's time to move ahead. Okay, have you ever seen a cartoon where some character builds this massive slingshot and then you know, steps inside and backs up and stretches the rubber band and gets launched into 
the next level of whatever. I'm thinking like Roadrunner and Wiley e. Coyote here, right? So we're all of us who are over 50. Um, <clears throat> it, in that setting, of course, Coyote steps into the slingshot and backs up a bit in order to launch himself forward to the next level of velocity so he can catch the Roadrunner. <clears throat> well, that's what I'm going to do right here. I'm going to back up for 30 seconds in order to launch us forward at least for a little while out of Leviticus. So today is that day. So here we go. Way back on June 4th. See, it's only been six months, whatever it feels like. But way back on June 4th, Pastor Alex told us just before we started Leviticus 1, he told us, yeah, not even six months yet. Uh, he told us that Leviticus is God training us for relationship with him. Remember that? The whole system of sacrifices and those first several sacrifices were all about preparing the way into God's presence so that we could, I mean, literally sit down and eat with him. So I've backed up now. It's time to launch. Here's what I want us to remember as we launch into the Advent season. First, it is the Advent season, right? It is not the Christmas shopping season. It is not the Christmas music season. I know I just meddled for some of us. Others have hurt themselves restraining the praise. It is not the season of cheer and goodwill. It is not the season of partying, debauchery, gift giving. It is the season of hope. Second thing, we are the priests of the season. We are the ones on whose shoulders it falls to walk the first Peter 2, 9 road. Which says, we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Third thing to remember about the Advent season, we are the priests of that season. And the 2 Corinthians 5.20 ambassadors for Christ. It's as though God is in us 
making his appeal through us. And so we beg those around us on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Fourth thing, we are the priests of the season. We are the ones who bring gifts to God on behalf of other people. As it says in Hebrews 5.1, every, in this case it says high priest, taken from among men is appointed on behalf of men in things pertaining to God. It's the job of a priest to stand between people and God, to bring gifts to God, to return gifts to people. Okay, so what? I mean, yeah, you're right. If I'm already at so what, we're getting out quickly. Sorry, I messed up any naps that might be going on, but we're going to get out of here quickly. So what? So what about all these things? So what about the name of God? So what about the fact that it's our responsibility to carry that name, to protect it, to hold it up, to value the things to which God attaches his name? So what? That we are the priests of the season. So what? That it's our job to not just protect the things to which God gives his name, like Advent season, Messiah, those sorts of things. But what about the people that he has made in his image? As those who both bear and declare God's holy name, there is only one best gift that we can give during the Advent season. That gift is to declare the glory of his name in our hearts and on our lips in a way that makes God's appeal to his lost children to be reconciled to him and to carry one of God's lost children to Jesus in order that he might present them because he's the high priest. So the best gift we can give this Advent season, the Declare the glory of his name in our hearts and on our tongues in a way that makes God's appeal to his lost children to be reconciled to him, to bring them, to carry them to Jesus in order that he might present our gifts of redeemed lives to the Father. These are the things that make our discipleship 
holy. Not of this world. That just turns Christmas on its head, doesn't it? I mean, have you thought before of bringing our gifts to God? We think of others bringing gifts to us, maybe exchanging gifts. We think of Santa Claus bringing gifts to people. We might even think of the traditional St. Nicholas giving gifts that were not sought. We might even have, you know, kind of sanctified the season and thought about the gift of Christmas, Christ, in the form of a child given as Isaiah prophesied unto you a child is born right a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and we think of all those awesome glorious things but how many times have we thought of Christmas as a time when we could present the father with the gifts of lives changed because our discipleship was dedicated to valuing the things he values. Yeah, these are the things that make our discipleship holy, that elevate all of the things that we already know we're called to be and to do. And so, if you are among us this morning as one who has never been presented to the Father, who has never taken the time to be reconciled to God, then now's the time for that. Make this the best Christmas you've ever experienced by giving to God what he wants most. The heart you know is not worthy to approach him. But be reconciled. That's what the table is about. That's what this table is about. It reminds us that every single one of us had need to be purified by the sacrifice of the Lamb of God. 